Aideen uh, began her professional career with Dublin City Ballet and subsequently appeared in numerous stage productions, film and television roles and advertising. She's a founder member of Cushcame Dance Theatre and has also served on the board of Association of Professional Dancers of Ireland, 1995 to 2000, I think, and in Irish equity. And more recently, um, Aideen has focused on developing a thriving social media consultancy enterprise where she brings her unique perspective thanks to her many years of experience in professional dance. And Muerna Bloomer has had an extensive performance career in ballet, contemporary and dance theatre from Dublin City Ballet to Vienna Ballet Theatre, Rabato Ballet, Dance Theatre of Ireland, Holland Show Ballet, Irish Modern Dance Theatre and Cushcame Dance Theatre. She's been movement director for numerous theatre shows at The Gate and Grianon, the Bucharest National Theatre, the Abbey, the Gaiety Theatre, as well as Irish National Opera, as well as her own choreography, for example, As You Are. Myrna has directed large-scale spectacles like the Magnus Parade, the street pageant for St. Patrick's Festival, She co-choreographed the 2016 commemoration spectacle for GAA in Crow Park and recently um, did another big spectacle in Ringsend called... Dockers and Demons. (laughs) The Halloween (laughs) Festival. Yeah. (laughs) Dockers and Demons. So, guys, I wonder, could you tell me, we'd like to reminisce a little bit today about how you met and, um, you know, your involvement in the foundation of APDI, how that all came about, what inspired it? Well, Aideen and myself met. I joined Dublin City Ballet in 1982, closed in 86. And I think Aideen joined in 83. So Mm -hmm. I was there maybe about six months, eight months later. And I think it might have been for Coppelia. So we were sort of apprentices to the company. So we did company class, rehearsed with the company all day. We always had roles. And understudied ro- understudy roles. I mean, we danced. We always performed, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of bulked out the corps de ballet. And then we would do master class in the evening. So it was like a tough, rigorous training. But it was a brilliant opportunity for young people who couldn't afford to go away. I mean, the only place you could train was abroad. So Dublin City Ballet and the Irish National College of Dance would have afforded an opportunity for budding young dancers to train to a professional level and an opportunity to perform. So we were colleagues, buddies, best friends. We looked after each other, you know. We also had the opportunity of teaching. Um, We we learned our craft of teaching, didn't we? We were thrown in at the deep end and taught classes there and kind of set the the way for us now. And then did you very quickly get into the professional dancing world or how did that all come about? Um, You were at art school as well at NCAD, wasn't it? Yes, for a year I went to art school uh, prior to joining DCB and decided it wasn't for me. I was pulled into the office one day and told I had to choose between my ballet or my art and I chose the ballet. So, yes, and that's how I met Winner. I mean, there was a ga- so there was a sort of there was the company, and there was the ballet master Babil Gandara. There was Louis O'Sullivan who set up the company. It was quite a unique thing, 
Actually, I did my thesis on it. I did a master's a few years ago in Limerick and I did my thesis on the company because nobody's ever written about the company. It's mentioned right. once or twice. Yeah. It sort of was in danger of being forgotten. And I mean, in some ways we were the forgotten generation. Is that a bit like because the company closed in 1986 and by that time there was a really strong core of Irish dancers who'd predominantly been trained through the college and by it through apprenticeships with the company. And it had it was kind of unique that it had a very strong repertoire of contemporary dance, jazz and the classics. So we sort of opened up to lo- lots of different choreographers came over and stuff like that. But then Peter Brinson did his report, the infamous Peter Brinson, <laughs> everyone talks about. And his recommendation was to close the company. So sort of very rapidly, there was a big group of young. I mean, we would have been in a way in the older set. We were in our, I think yeah. I was 20, you might have been, you know, early 20s, Zelda Quilligan, Fiona Quilligan. Um, but then there were young dancers like Jenny Roach had, you know, performed with, who's now the they head in. They were all, so was Liz Roach, David Budget, Laura Macken, mm-hmm. who teaches class here. John Scott was with the company mm-hmm. pretty much since 82. In fact, I think earlier in 81, he worked with Anne Courtney, who was the artistic director for some of the time. And so many people who work in dance now and still work in dance. David did then later on, for instance, Sunday Live at the Olympias did Aideen and myself. So there was all this hubbub. I mean, sometimes people say there was very little dance in the 80s. There was actually tons, like there was loads. But by 1989, everything was cut. So 86 was Dublin City Ballet. And then I think Dublin Contemporary Dance, it was what it was called, with yes. Robert and Loretta and, Joan you know, they, Joan Davis, they yeah. got more money. I mean, I think Pete Brinson felt that's a really a contemporary, you know, progressive mm. um, company feeds them and, and Irish National Ballet. There isn't money for three, I think was his reckoning. But then by 89, all of them, the Arts Council closed Dublin Contemporary Dance Theatre and Irish National Ballet. So literally... I mean, we'd been doing commercial work. I think Rubato Ballet, Fiona had set up Rubato Ballet and, I mean, we're probably doing it for next to nothing. Or yeah, like, you know, there's no money. We were just mm-hmm. making do. I t- danced in Germany a bit. We were doing, I mean, Aidan and myself did the panto winter 86 mm-hmm. after the company. <laughs> <laughs> but there was nowhere for us to go. There was nothing, you know, there, were no, there was nowhere to take classes. So we had to become proactive. And also, like at that point with the ballet, was it very much ballet focused? I mean, how where did contemporary come into it or did you have to make a transition? Well, in Dublin City Ballet, the folks would have been, we did ballet class every day. Then there might be periods like they brought over Armed Guard Vaughan. I can't remember her name. You'd have to ask John uh, Scott. He remembers everything. And the Sokolov as well. Yeah. So they brought over people and we would do contemporary class, but I'd say the majority of time it was sort of a ballet-based technique. Mm. And then you would do, so I mean, it would be on the conservative side of contemporary dance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Arlene Phillips came over and set It's All Jazz and Hot Gossip, which was like probably the biggest hit you can imagine (laughs) in the gaiety. (laughs) So yeah, we were very much a sort of, Ballet contemporary dance, if, mm. if you know what I mean. So yeah. sort of neoclassical ballet would have been. But I mean, the dancers, yeah, everybody was expected to. And I mean, you were to really commit to the contemporary repertoire. At jo- and Courtney was very much involved and she would have created the artistic programme along with Louis O'Sullivan, 
who was the founder director and Pearl Gaiden, who was usually was sort of the repetiteur who taught or choreographed all the classical works, mm. Paula Hinton Gore set, Lacey Feed, mm. and Janet Lewis had been in the company, who's mm. I think she's still active when she's probably retired mm. now. But um yeah, so it was very much I think what Louis wanted was a ballet company and then quickly enough he realised that to have like a full, full ballet company. It's just so mm. expensive. So he did start veering towards more modern works. Mm. But, but you would have had a very high a level of technique, wouldn't you? I mean, would there have been a big emphasis well, on improved. that? It improved over the years, you know. Yeah. And I recall, did we not all um, audition for bursaries at that time as well? Or was that beforehand? Uh, during that time? During the time, yeah. I mean, I mean, we swept the boards, I remember, in the Arts Council awards one year and actually I think there was murder about it because we weren't going away to train and then there was a good point that actually sometimes like I'd had a very good basic training with Jill Wiggum you'd had very good basic training with Patricia Joe McCarthy you know and that wasn't necessarily recognized so we had come with a very strong it was RAD syllabus, but we'd come with a very strong technique to mm. Dublin City Ballet, so mm. they couldn't take all the credit, which was a fair <laughs> point. But we were working all day, every day, in performance and technique. So, yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like a grade A ballet company now, but we weren't half bad. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we did class every day, every morning, and we'd have to learn all the, the, the classics and... Um, and then start teaching in the evening. So, yeah, it was very busy for all of us. Then at that point, you'd obviously really committed oh, to yeah. this career, right? Mm-hmm. And then next thing, all these companies yeah. were cut. So how did you cope with that? Well, Mark Archer had opened a studio um, a little bit earlier in um, Dick's Lane. A great studio. Well, it was actually a centre with seven studios. And we had a canteen and we had great facilities. And so um, we all started to meet there, do class. And we organised ourselves to do class, didn't we? Wasn't that the start of it all? Yeah, and then we had, I remember, in the Central Hotel. That's where he started first before in Exchequer, which is where he started, actually. We had a big meeting in the ballroom, one of the big rooms. It was like Roy Galvin, Joanna Banks, the Quilligans... I think the Connors as well. I think Robert and Loretta. So, I mean, everyone who was sort of working and who'd been cut and we lobbied the Arts Council for money. We set up the Association of Professional Dancers in Ireland in one of our main briefs. And it's why, I mean, I've been on the board here and every now and then they talk about how practical it is to run classes. I'm like, it was our founding principle is to offer professional dancers morning class, which is your lifeline. It's like... If you're not working, you're not going to get a job if you can't do class. So it was very much, I think, in the beginning, it was ballet class every day. And then by the time Diggs Lane, etc., I think it was three ballet classes and two contemporary classes mm. at one time. And now that's a bit mixed up. So, I mean, it is still maybe a bit unfair. You can't get a ballet class every day in Ireland or a contemporary class. You can get either or, mm. but at least there is a professional class every day in Dublin. You know, which I think is a massive thing. And I know it's a small country city, but so that was the sort of core roots of it. And, you know, there was things like, I think, new music, new dance. So people were, I mean, it was the seeds of all the sort of independent artists and small companies were were springing up with Ballet. I mean, Stata, John, John yeah. Scott's um, 
There was Cush came started up started in yeah nineteen ninety four later yeah but you know this was eighty nine and it sounds like there was a really great buzz and energy in Diggs Lane was, was that right it, it was where they, they rehearsed for Riverdance and the actors used to come in and rehearse the boy bands the boy bands <laughs> boys and it really was a hub of activity and we had this huge canteen and we'd all gather there and you'd often have film crews in and. Peter's Pub for a pint afterwards. Yeah, Bewley's. Yeah, yeah mm. it was fantastic. And the studios, you know, they had beautiful sprung floors, bars, mirrors. We had we had uh, sunbeds, we had saunas, we had little massage rooms. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much state of the art for those times, wasn't it? When Diggs Lane closed, there was a massive gap. And I mean, for it. Dance Ireland, APDI. I mean, we moved to various places and there was Duvalwa House on Capel Street and things like that, but nothing ever matched. I mean, Diggs Lane was mega. I mean, it was in a fabulous part of the city mm. until this was built. So there's a massive gap for a home, in a way, you could say, for the APDI for Dance Ireland for a long time. And I mean, obviously, we lobbied for years, Dublin City Council, to get our premises, which, you know, luckily... And I mean, this is an amazing building we're in now, Dance House. And then, Aideen, you were involved uh, with David in the foundation of Cush Came. Mm. So that kind of rolled out of the Diggs Lane experience, did it? Yes, or? I was, um, at, at that time, I was in and out of musicals because I'd got my voice trained. Um, and we had to, you know, we had to do these kind of, dra- take these drastic measures to get work. So... I was lucky and I was hopping into Blood Brothers and Rocky Horror Show and I was doing Grease at the time and David, um, Grease the Musical and David said, w- I think I was with him, yes, and he said, oh, oh, um, I'm going to form a company, let's let's go and do this and I want to do a piece. So we performed our first piece, um, it was in the project and it was uh, Dances with Intent um, and it was a, a, a three three pieces together. And it was great fun. It was great. So that was the start of Cush Came. It was in 94, a little bit later. And then it was around that time, 94 and 95, then that you were on the board. You got on the board of APDI. So tell us a bit about that. What motivated you to do that? I suppose, um, like, we needed to get things going, you know. We needed to get the building. We needed, there was so much that needed to be done. And we had to, we had to just pull out all the stuff. So, I mean, it's a big commitment for a dancer to get involved in all this administrative side and lobbying as well as, like, Mm. the art of dancing and choreograph. Yeah, it is. I remember Zaldi was the, she managed all the finances. Year after year, she was great. And we used to organise classes amongst ourselves we'd we'd all take turns to teach Mm. in morning class and um, the reason why people get involved I mean I was on the board briefly as well for a few years is just as Aideen said to get things done but to lobby for dance dance interest to have some sort of influence in the direction that you know that the association took people to have strong views you know and there's sometimes about the amount of ballet contemporary, about the amount of support, about emerging arts, about supporting established, you know, there's mm. so many issues and things. Mm. And I mean, lobbying really for more finance for dance. I mean, mm. Brinson, in fairness to him, said dance is a Cinderella among Cinderella's like that. The arts don't get enough money, but dance mm-hmm. really doesn't. I mean, I think that's a continuing mm-hmm. struggle mm. for companies that are, you know, trying to manage on not massive money and then there are really talented independent artists so it's always an issue Um, Mm. and I mean Dance Ireland is doing great work but I think that's why people go on the board and they give their time Mm. is Mm. to really keep pushing 
because it's very easy that things fall back if you don't have the pressure on. I mean, even, you know, stuff like being recognised choreographers as artists like other art forms are with tax exemptions and stuff. And I've been saying that for years. I mean, that's still in progress, isn't it? And like, for example, you Werner were like a very prolific dancer and performer dancing with all the various companies actually I think you've danced with all of them you know so yeah pretty much I think Jagged is the only one I've missed out there Limerick (laughs) you're my lady (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think it is a bit now in fairness no absolutely but I mean you don't go into dance to earn money or to you know it's something you're passionate about but I would still be very passionate about you know looking after dancers, their well-being. There's so many things that, you know, Dance Ireland helps with and can help with that it's, you know, I mean, what what started as sorting out class has grown into something that is and has even a greater potential to be really make a difference to dancers' lives. And you, you um, Myrna, in particular, have transitioned into doing a lot of choreography in theatre shows and as well in big spectacles as well as doing your own choreography so tell us a bit about that yeah I mean that started so I mean from 86 let's say my career did diverge Uh, you know as I said we were all standing around the piano at the panto (laughs) singing songs I was like Jesus this is great (laughs) Um, and then I started doing more more like in 89 actually I did my first show at Dance Theatre of Ireland that had just been set up and then so my interest in contemporary dance, I mean, we did some rigorous sort of Aikido training as part of this. It was two French choreographers. So I, I got more and more into that, even though I still kept my, my ballet. And then I also worked with Kush Came and I had a, quite a close association with David a bit later on, just probably after. Well, I mean, we Aidan and myself danced together loads outside of Dublin City Ballet with Kush Came, for instance, and on a few different things. And it was actually with Kush Came, wasn't it, that you did As You Are, your first solo choreography. So he was kind of nurturing yeah. your choreographic talent as well. Yeah. Would that be right? Absolutely. So I was associate choreographer and assisted David on loads of pieces from, I think, 2000. Um, like he had worked with Lizzie, Liz Roach, a lot. And then she formed her own company. And then I sort of, you could say, stepped into her shoes a bit. So, yeah. And he was. He was real encouraging. It was like, you know, I did Winter and Seasons, another piece. Anyway, so we, we collaborated a lot. I assisted him. I was associate choreographer. I was like rehearsal director and um, ballet master want of and I took class and stuff and then Rupert Murray um, was asked to do direct he sort of directed the Special Olympics opening ceremony in Croke Park it was like 2003 something like that and David was asked to choreograph the opening section of it which was a sort of flag parade with people from the host towns and it was about 250 people and he was like oh my god that's so many and you know what are we going to do and funny, I was kind of saying it to you earlier, it was kind of my ballet thing. I was like, ballet is all about formations and changing formations and stuff like that. So, yeah, we worked on that together. And then I'd done a theatre piece with Mockness when they were kind of diverging into theatre, theatre rather than just street theatre. And we met them there because we were short a few flags. They were like helping us staple gun stolen um monica Foley's sorry monica Foley's flat you know decorative flag things to pose and um, then they asked me to 
after that, Machnus asked me to direct their summer festival parade, which is like 500 people. It's like mental. How did you feel doing that? Terrified. Absolutely terrified. And in fact, I was just back from... um, Kush came with touring China. Um, Shanghai. Oh, yeah. We were in Beijing and Shanghai doing mermaids a piece. And then I came home. And the next day, I was supposed to go to Galway. It was like, oh, my God. But it's the kind of thing you can't turn down. It was amazing. And then through that, the, the artistic director of St. Patrick's Festival was there. And so she then asked me to direct mm. a big project that they did called Brighter Futures, which was 500 or 600 transition year students. So I worked mm. with... The same artist, she asked both of us who had designed it, Vanessa Dawes, who, funnily enough, works with me on Dockers and Demons. Mm. So, mm. Uh, well, these are great opportunities, isn't it, that kind of open that you couldn't have imagined that you were going to do this when you were in 1989 with Dublin City Ballet. It's like, you know, I suppose it's a lesson about keeping an open mind and keeping going, would you say? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, if you come from a ballet background and that was the beginning of it, not that everything's easy, but like ballet is so tough <laughs> that, you know, you're sort of grit. It gives you a certain grit, I think, that, you know, you can get through a lot. And also it's a real, it's systematic. So even about organisational skills, a sense of space, a sense of perspective, of design. And of getting things done, I think. It's almost kind of militaristic, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Keep going. And Aideen, like, I mean, you had it as well because you diversified then into marketing and uh, using your artistic background as well. Well, what happened was I relocated to Wicklow. And it was um, the commute into town to teach and to even rehearse was a real drag. So I started coming into town less and less and um, teaching for myself in and around uh, Wicklow and Dublin. And I just felt, you know, that um, I, I couldn't really, it wasn't really worth my while coming into town. So um, my husband said, well? yeah, I had yeah. kids. So it is quite difficult with children yeah. trying to organize yeah. your life, you know, to teach. and. Yeah. But it's also nice, I think, for young dancers to know that, like, it is possible to diversify in your career and repurpose repurpose your skills. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because my husband is a software um, engineer and he set up a company and he informed me that I was going to be a director of the company and the company secretary. And I didn't even know how to turn on a computer. So I had to upskill and go into all these courses um, office admin, graphic design and web design and I've been concentrating on that more and now um, I find myself <laughs> working with Moina in, in the same kind of arena but with a different role and it's, it's, it's great, it's really familiar and I really enjoy it, you know, come, meeting all the familiar faces um, I'm back. I'm back home, but in a, you know, wearing different shoes. It's it's interesting. Um, and it's also like knowing the, knowing the dance world from the inside. Yeah. You know, obviously gives you a unique perspective yeah. and a, you know very valuable one. Absolutely. Like even Moana um, has asked me to do a bit of photography for her, and it's not great, but it's fine. It's brilliant. But she the time, great eye. Like she's you know like. Some of the dancing, like I work with professional dancers or, you know, sometimes whatever. So in the shows, like we put on a massive circus 
this year. I was like, make sure you take photos. She's taken videos and then edited and made little. I mean, it's brilliant. She she has a brilliant eye and knows dance, movement, performance. And the sense of flow, knowing about the flow and the energy. Right. Yeah. And but it's good. It's not it's not super. But it's fine for social media because that's what I am doing. But um, and the the short, you know, it's done on an online editor. And um, but it's it's fine for social media you know that makes it really accessible no it's added a massive layer like we've Mm. we got great feedback and publicity this year for the festival and i mean Mm. i mean we all worked our arses off Mm. but like 18 has been a massive addition to i mean last year was our first year this is our third year of the festival 18 sort of dipped her toe in last year Mm. and i was like we need more and more and more. So it's a it's a growing role. I mean, she made a massive difference this year. <laughs> this to our year, profile. she Werner asked me to do the website as well. Designed a website. Mm. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's up there. Amazing. Um, it's working, and um, yeah. But I mean, it's brilliant seeing you. Like you know, like we'd, you know, in like in the circus tent and yeah. working in a performance environment and things like that. Yeah. I mean, we have, I mean, we work hard, but it's kind of the crack. And then we'd be joking about the past or our, you know, it's nice, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're back, as you said. <laughs> I am back, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very familiar and very kind of, it's, it's nice to be back with. In fact, some of my students, I see my students' faces, you know, rising up sometimes before me, mm. you know. But it's, mm. um, it's very fulfilling and I really enjoy it. Mm. really enjoy it, mm. yeah. Mm. So I'm working with Laura Macken next week. Laura Mackendance as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and then I've done a bit of work for John Scott as well. So I am definitely dipping into the arts more. And, and would you say that a lot of your actual, like, ballet training and, you know, your dance background is really helping you in these new uh, arenas that you're working in? I think it is. I think it is. It's certainly given me a good, I have a good eye, I think, you know, and a sense of timing and and also commitment. You know, we had to commit. And when I get the job done, I do get the job done, you know, there's no messing around. Not uh, afraid of hard work. I mean, it's that, yeah, work. and putting the time and the graft in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, ballet training is the toughest thing, really. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you definitely know how to apply yourself and mm-hmm. get what you need to do done. And dance, and, I mean, then in contemporary dance, I mean, I was for an interview for Dublin City Council Culture Connects a few months ago. And it was interesting because they were asked, I was like, well, also, I'm good at improvising. Like in contemporary dance, you learn to improvise more so than in ballet. And I mean, that's a really good skill to have <laughs> in life in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. Like, you know, I, it's OK. I can work yeah. on the hoof as well, yeah. you know. So, I mean, there's so much of, you know, I think, I mean, I'm sure all the studies nowadays are saying dance is the best thing ever for your brain. I mean, mm. I teach in Bow Street and in the Lear as well to the acting students. I talk about that. Somebody said most people use their heads to carry their bodies to meetings. It's like such a great quote, sad, isn't it? Yeah. But true. And so, you know, I think anyone who's worked with their body, mm. and I mean, that could be in sport as well, I think has certain mm. skills and mm. brain set. And I think if you mix that with the sort of creative 
pursuit of the act of the imagination and creation and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it stands to you in later life, no matter what you do. Yeah, you know? I mean, look at people like what Twyla Tharp is doing now, for example, of sharing her expertise in, in all walks of life, you know. But also like here in Ireland, I mean, you must notice the difference in the, the regard that the body is held in compared to 30 years ago. Oh, I mean, that's definitely improved massively, though I still think we've quite a long way to go. Yeah, but I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's probably a little bit of religion and stuff like that that's opened up as well. But yeah, that sort of fear of your body. I mean, I remember going to France for the first time and everyone's sunbathing topless. Like, oh my God, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like how we were so covered up or, you know, and the idea of express, expressing yourself physically. Yeah, I mean, we're much more cosmopolitan and open now. But and what about the dance landscape? I mean, here we are in Dance House, you know, state of the art building dedicated just to dance, like compared to 30 years ago. Well, if I honestly, I mean, I think this landscape is brilliant, but unfortunately in dance, dance has been fed, cut, fed, cut, fed, cut. I mean, yes, it was you that wrote about Irina Brady. Mm. You know, so that massive things have happened, but then they've been sort of cut off at source because there isn't a consistency of vision to keep mm. feeding. So it's like scorch and burns. Absolutely. And burn. yeah. So there's been these waves of movements, and it, it could be nearly every every decade, two decades, something really, and then it kind of gets nipped in the bud, which is. So I think while we have a very healthy dance community and there's massive talent in all the young and emerging choreographers, all the established choreographers, I mean, there's brilliant work. But as regards profile, I mean, if I hear dance being introduced one more time as sort of like as though it's just started, I mean, it makes me it makes me crazy Mm. because there's been. Okay, we were the eighties babies, but like well before that, the seventies was jo- was you know Joan Denise and da da da, and the sixties, yeah. and then there was and the forties. It, it was Irina Brady, and then yeah. you've got the twenties was WB Yates and Nina Nina de Valois, for goodness Durant. sake was Irish. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That like the it's like the sense of identity for a dance and the body in Ireland. Like, do you think it has, still has a way to go, or are we there? Oh, we're definitely not there. We're far <laughs> from not there. But I mean, I guess you always, I mean, if you're passionate about dance, you always think you want to promote it more. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, and I think building an audience for dance, I think dance in schools, like a mate of mine, Emma's doing stuff about dance in, mm. in education and stuff like that. Like mm. Emma O'Kane, is it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Peter Brinson for all, you know, argue about, about him sometimes, but like, he was talking about dance in education in schools as part of the curriculum. And it's it has been introduced to some degree, but I think it's, you know, needs more. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's such an important, I mean, okay, I'm biased, but mm. I think even though I'm biased, it still really is the truth. Mm. That but it's it, like the body, like it's so much part of who we are, actually, you know, that we it are our bodies in loads yeah. of ways. I mean, many, many things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think in social skills and it, it helps in all of those things, just in fitness and health and mm. in an attitude towards each other. If you're mm. working in dance mm. about looking after each other, I think dance teaches that and uh, cooperation in a team that's 
maybe non-competitive as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my book bear too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what about yourself, Aidan? Do you notice it as well? Like I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think um, dance is definitely it's it's great for reading a lot of articles on how it helps mental health and oh. you know it's there's a lot of dance now in wellness involved in wellness. Um, isn't there yoga dance and all sorts of dance and mm. yeah it's 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 expanded hugely mm. um, but like Moana says it's a long way to go so would you have any uh, advice for uh, dancers starting out oh god I mean <sighs> just open your mind to possibilities probably is the thing I mean I think that you know there's lots of I think sometimes I mean I remember when I was young and I was like ballet was the only thing I mean, we did our contemporary. I loved doing the modern dance, but I felt I think it's I think to expand, you know, to be open to new challenges and opportunities. And there's always new waves of movements. Having said that, work hard. I mean, you're going to anyway, mm. but it's a brilliant career. I mean, I, you know, I've had an amazing life, an amazing career, met mm. loads of people, gone to different places. And it's still in progress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's never over. I mean, nowadays as well, you can perform. I mean. Much yeah. later, I don't think you're expected to retire. I remember thinking, get off before somebody says get off, you know. <laughs> and my advice, my advice would be to look after yourself when you're dancing because I abused my knees and, um, you know, I was put out of action quite early. I used to be invited back by Moana and Kash came to do little cameo roles. But, you know, by the age of about 33, my knees were pretty shook. And, um, you know, they still, I can't do a plie anymore. So I really be careful. I used to jump with the men in class and Mm. I shouldn't have really, you know, because the the floors, I don't think they were sprung in Dublin City Ballet. Mm. They were quite hard. So I did do a bit of damage. So just mind yourselves. Be careful. That's great advice. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, that's very, very uh, important advice, I think, Mm. you know, to look after your body and be. If you get an injury, stop. Don't keep going. <laughs> I recall going through injuries, banging yes. on, banging on, you know, and that's so not many good. Do. Yeah, really. So very mm. important mm. to mind your body. Mm. Mm. And actually, Dance Ireland is really great for that. They often run courses mm. in all of that kind of things and holistic approach and how to look after yourself and healing techniques yes, and things actually. like that and relaxation and yeah, mm. cool down. That's the big one yeah. after mm. you've been performing and stuff. Mm. it's the cool down do the stretches yeah 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 Yeah. and how about we haven't talked about the precarious nature of being a dancer I suppose of being any freelancer but particularly if you're working with your own body and and you know putting it out there what's your thoughts or experiences on on that yeah I mean I think it's funny because I mean I would say I mean I've just been incredibly lucky that I've had very little periods of unemployment I mean or nothing significant I've always been offered work I mean I've I've never really had to lobby for much though I consider myself blessed that I've been really lucky like that and you it's interesting because you kind of get used to not knowing I mean there's been times like you go I don't know what I'm doing next February or you know like you you know you work we we live from hand to mouth and most artists I think do I think it's the same for actors even if they have their little slot on Fair City or whatever it's still but having said that Moana you're very versatile which is why you're always working because she can choreograph she can direct she can produce she can you know she has many strings for her bow and Mm. I think 
I think that it's important to develop yourself, you know, keep learning. Mm. You know, you you might choose a different road. Mm. Like I'm always doing tutorials, doing courses. Mm. It interests me um, going on beta programs, but just keep learning and um, don't don't stop and mm. mind yourself, really. And I suppose the thing of like, as you say, like diversifying, improvising and uh, keeping curious, I suppose, as well. Would you mm. and keeping abreast with all the trends. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. And just... I mean, I guess not forgetting why you're doing it. And if it's if it doesn't suit you anymore, it might be a different thing. But like career in dance is the most I mean, it's an amazing thing. It really is. But yeah, I mean, from all aspects, like from yeah. dancing to choreographing yeah. to marketing, you know, doing the social media, whatever, like there's so many different you can aspects. Bring it into healing to the community to special needs to education to yeah there are so many different branches off that main thoroughfare and yeah I mean to be lucky enough to have a, a professional performance career is like it's a wonderful thing mm. so yeah I'm really glad I went down those roads and there were times you're like oh my god what am I doing or why did I but it's definitely you don't do it for the money that's for sure no mm. but as you said, it can lead to loads of different things. I mean, I think you've probably given the best advice, keep an open mind and keep learning. It's a bit of an adventure. Could you ever think when you set out in this adventure that you'd be where you are now? No, I did not think I'd end up here. Um, it's It's been an interesting journey, actually, to find myself back here in the, uh, the dance house. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I left school at 16 to join Dublin City Ballet. So and I, mean, I remember my dad freaking like I didn't do my leaving search week. Mm. Though I did lie about on my CV for years. <laughs> 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 I remember telling Robert and Loretta when I auditioned for Dance Theatre of Ireland, I thought, oh, they were, they're all university based. So I put leave. And I was like, they're hardly going to ask to see the certificate. I told them years later, mm. they had a good laugh about it. I can't remember why I was telling you that, actually. <laughs> But yeah, it's a risk. I mean, I remember thinking it was like, you need to do it now. Like when you're young, that was the kind of, it's like, that's the time to do it. And you can always go back to college and you can always, you know, you can study when you're 90 or something. Dance sees the moment was very much the thing. And then year by year, it just kept happening. And then when Dublin City Ballet closed, it was like, should I go back to college or should I do the panto? I think I'll do the panto. Yeah, you were thinking of law at one stage, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. But I mean, it was great. Like I went back and did my master's in UL and that was great. With Laura Macken as well and Emma O'Kane, the three of us mm. did our, you know, went mm. to, we, we carpooled to UL to do our master's. And it wasn't the performance one, it was the other one. Like I really wanted to write or see if I could write, things mm. like that. So mm. that was a... And again, the discipline, the dance discipline. I mean, okay, it was a master's in dance. But I do think the sort of dance discipline... Mm-hmm. helped mm-hmm. and, and that that ma you know ul like it's great for the like, just the identity of dance isn't it totally absolutely and i mean i guess it's also there was a sort of affirmation of we're masters of our craft as well mm-hmm. and now we've got the paper to prove yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than a leaving cert <laughs> <laughs> just a bit yeah oh my god my son's in fifth year it's like the thoughts of leaving and the killer yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Bless. You have to like uh, keep him uh, on to his lessons. I well, yeah. Well, his dad's an actor. I'm like, I, I don't know. He's not the most academic, maybe. My, <laughs> my son is doing his leaving cert. Yeah. It's absolute hell. 
I mean, yeah. it's just, there's so much pressure on them, you know. Mm. So the so. message is leave school and dance. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Bad advice. Do your leaving search and then continue. Alongside, train alongside your education. Yeah, mm. definitely right, Marlene. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a daughter who's uh, just done her master's in HR management. Wow. Yeah, she never went near dance. She never, uh, well, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't encourage her. I didn't discourage her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so she's she's got a proper job, <laughs> yeah. you know, but she enjoys it, yeah. Yeah, but you really need that inner need to yeah. dance, don't you, in yeah. order to do it? I mean, it has to come yeah, from deep within. That. She never had that. Mm. You know, she just plodded along and she did her ballet classes here and there. And, and um, yeah, so yeah. two children, done and dusted. Amazing. Leaving a cert to go and that's it. But you are right. So I think there is a drive to dance. Mm. I mean, I don't think you'd put yourself through because no. it, it, the training, if mm. you didn't really have the sort of ambition to go. But I do think it's it is more difficult for women in our our, our area in in dance, you know, in terms of like trying to say, for instance, try to do a bit of choreography. Or if you have a company, you've got to consider childcare, you've got to consider yeah. your family. You have, yeah. you know, it's just it gets yeah. it's it is harder. Mm. If you're single and you don't have any children, it's easier. Mm. What no, do you think? But it's <laughs> it is difficult, Moira. You know. Yeah, mm. yeah, but I mean, I guess that's. But then you get all the benefits as well. Like there's yeah. so many benefits of having kids, I suppose. So you know what I mean? Yeah, like no, it's half, six of one, half yeah. dozen of the other. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, that's another thing's quite worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you won't go there. <laughs> that's another, another day's work, that's yeah. Another, okay. another, that's another story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, guys, you're both incredibly uh, inspirational uh, women. Uh, dancers and um, thank you so much for uh, sharing your experiences with us today thank you thank you